What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 35 of the Joe Ciccarelli Show. Today's episode is a conversation with an old friend, Grant Deacon. Grant is the CEO of a company called Unstack that he founded and someone I went to college with. <laughs> Feels like many years ago now. Uh, we've sort of stayed in touch since college. I've certainly followed Grant online and I've seen him kind of ran a couple different companies and now founded this company. But uh, always admired him from afar, even when we were at JU. I remember he started an entrepreneurship club. It was just um, focused on entrepreneurship, building a business. And I remember as soon as we got out, kind of running into him at certain times, we talk about one of our one of our run-ins here when we start the episode. And uh, it was just, to me, always someone that was ahead of the time, right? I was focused on kind of enjoying my 20s, partying, uh, and, you know, developing my career in a general sense, whereas Grant was focused on getting involved with startups and learning digital marketing and all that that goes with it. So um, now that I'm kind of getting more into that space of trying to understand what it means to build a brand and a um, personal brand in today's environment for a small business or any other type of business, quite frankly, the more I kind of look into stuff, the more I realize how much I don't know. And I think that's many of people are like that. I mean, the world's changing so rapidly and grant someone that's really an expert in the space. I mean, he's been in it since the beginning. We talk about, like he said, kind of, uh, the evolution of digital marketing. And I think if you're someone who's just interested generally in kind of what's going on out there and, um, how things got to where they are and how companies are presenting themselves and developing themselves. We talk a lot about influencers and, um, some tips on how to become an influencer and what those people do and kind of how to focus on building your channels or your brands. Um, I think this is a great episode. So if, in, if you're not super hyper-focused on becoming an influencer or building a brand, I think it's a great episode to just understand what the space looks like. I mean, this is the world that we're moving into here. Everything's going online. Everything's going digital. Um, what does that mean? What does that look like? And how are things changing? And these are a lot of the things that we talk about. It's not a long episode, but it's packed. It's packed pretty good. I, I was just going through and... Um, listening to a couple of things to kind of edit and um, clean up the episode here, the recording. And I'm like, wow, I found myself taking notes here on a sheet of paper, some really good information. So uh, Grant's a, a wealth of knowledge. I'm glad I got his ear for a little while. And um, yeah, have a listen. Let me know what you guys think. And I hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, I was going to say, the last time I last time I saw you was like 10 years ago. For, yeah. for like well, those listening in, we... we... <laughs> I have a story about that and I was going to share it, but I didn't want to, before we started, but I didn't want to ruin our start. So the last time I saw you actually was, um, and I don't know why this sticks out in my head, but um, it was at Caribbean Key on 4th of July. I don't know that you were still living in Jacksonville at the time. I think you might've been down in Miami and I was, uh, our, our mutual friend at the time, Matt D'Amico was there and I was hanging out with, I'm sure you know, Jake O'Keefe. And the reason why this, the, it sticks out to me so much is because, uh, I had started a website, Drink Cheap Jacks. It was some bullshit website for happy hours in Jack's Beach. And I was talking about it or whatever. And Jake was said something about, or you or D'Amico said something about, yeah, you should collect user emails. And I don't know, we, we were shit-faced. And I remember Jake being like, why the hell would you ever want emails? And it started a, you know, a drunk conversation. I just remember you being like, look, I'm not working right now, but collect fucking emails. And that was the end of the conversation. And that, and that was the last time I've seen you for the last 10 years, man. So um Good to reconnect. Did you collect some emails after that? Uh, the website never really went anywhere, man. I was too lazy. I, I look back at it. And I was probably one of those many missed opportunities in life. But uh, in my you current endeavor, things, yeah, in my current endeavor, I certainly, uh, I certainly do try and collect emails. But um, so do you. 
So why don't you tell us what's what, what's happened since you um, in in the last ten years and kind of where you you know where, where you're where you're at now and how you got there. Yeah. So today I run a company called Unstack uh, that basically gives non-technical team members the tools that companies today need to move very quickly to build digital presence and really a digital business, you know, which is much more than just a website. It's also the ability to test and experiment and acquire customers and leads and take payments, build memberships. If you're a SaaS company, you can use our platform, connect to your data, you know, really all the things that people now talk about when they're starting to build a company in 2021, we're really focused on making that a super easy consolidated set of tools for, for anybody to build for today and what people need for, for today. So we were talking about emails 10 years ago. That's still super relevant today. I'd probably say get, get phone numbers as well, right? Like yeah. we should be doing some SMS in there. Uh, and then how are you educating them with content and like, who do you have to help support that? How are you going to measure it? Right. So building, building those holistic systems is really what we focus on and, and making sure that you don't have to know a line of code to do that effectively. And the reason that we're building this company is kind of the culmination of the last 10 years, I would say, uh, in terms of my experience building companies, building websites and, and digital marketing and all the technology that comes with it. Um, I, I did that in sort of what's called the affiliate marketing space and you know, working with you know, banks and insurance companies, trying to drive them leads and um Learn a ton through that. Uh, you mentioned, I think you mentioned your sister works at MIT, which is a yeah. small world. I, I left the startup space for a while and I was like, I'm going to get a real job. And I went and worked at MIT as well um, as, a, as a UX developer. Uh, but for me, I was like, I had I made it about a year and I was like, I got to go back to the early stage. That's, that's what I love doing. Um, I love building things, moving super fast, kind of being able to experiment and talk to customers. And so... Um, I ended up leaving and going and, and, and running, helping to run a company called Grapevine, which is in the influencer marketing space. Uh, and I did that for about five and a half years. I started in a product management role. We were like, today, everybody knows what an influencer is, right? Like Instagram yeah. influencers, it's colloquial, right? Um, and every brand's trying to also like be an influencer today too. Uh, when we got into it, that was not the case at all. There was like you know, a really small subculture of beauty influencers, maybe some how-to influencers that were making content. People hadn't really keyed into the fact that like those videos were getting more distribution than primetime television shows <laughs> with literally no budget. So it was just insane. And, and when I saw it, somebody explained it to me, the CEO at the time explained it to me. I was like, wow, this really represents a shift in how we consume content where we where we learn about products you know how we how we buy what the role that digital is going to play and all that and so i was really excited about that um spent about three and a half years building a marketplace and like all the tools that advertisers and influencers need to connect and and work together and do sponsored content um eventually just through like a lot of uh, some tough situations, a lot of changes at the company. I, I actually found myself in, in the CEO role um, for the first time. I'd never done that before. Um, and so uh, learned a ton going through that for about two, two, two and a half years. Um, the company was ultimately acquired. Um, so had the sort of experience of going through that. The company was actually a public company, which added a degree of uh, stress and uh, more learning experiences, like going, going through that. But uh, eventually saw that through to the finish line. Um, 
And I just think like the culmination of you know, working with all those advertisers and influencers who are entrepreneurs themselves and sort of seeing that like everybody's kind of struggling with the same problem set when they're trying to build their business. And even you, Joe, right? Like you got your website, uh, you know, you're building marketing channels, you're, you're trying to drive interest and, and engagement around, you know, what you're doing. Like everybody is trying to figure that out. And so I said, well, what's to me, like, what would the idyllic platform look like? Uh, you know, if, if I were starting something new today uh, and I wanted to serve the marketer, I wanted to serve the founder. That's like the customer that I came out and fought for every day. And so that's what then ultimately led to Unstack. So that's 10 years and less than 10 minutes. Yeah, that's good, man. So, so um, there's in, in my mind and I'm not technical, but there's like the WordPress and that's, Hey, I go out there and I, um, and you know, you can, so I guess there's first like this, like you can build your own website, CSS type stuff, um, HTML, like super, like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Then WordPress made it easier. You can, and WordPress has different features that you can like kind of plug and play, but still it's, it's technical, right. In order to do WordPress well, then they have like the, the Wix, uh, and Wix seemed, I haven't mm-hmm. used them, but looking at a commercial, it seems like, hey, we solve the fact that WordPress is a pain in the ass. How do you guys at Unstack fit into that sort of um, space, if you will? Yeah. So I would say if you segment out the space, there's kind of what I'd call the business card website category where there are a number of companies, which is one of them. There are no, Squarespace is another. There are a number of companies that have made it very easy for someone to kick things off, right? To get up and running, to kind of make it make it real, right? Um, and, and, and sort of business card in the same way does that too. Hey, hey this is a real thing. I, I've got my business card. I've got, I've got my website. What those companies don't do well is when it comes to actually scaling digital presence. Um, and so we talk a lot about like build measuring and scaling up, um, but most people will graduate from those platforms into something that's really an SEO centric, scalable machine really for building uh, digital presence. And I'm, t- you know, talking about lots of content, uh, you know, driving lots of traffic, higher lead volumes, integrating your data, right? Really taking it to the next level. Mm-hmm. I, you really start thinking about it less as a, a website and you almost think about your uh, digital presence as this system that you're building, right? To educate, activate, and convert people to, to buy your product and then to retain them, right? Uh, sure. Over the long term as customers. So that's really kind of the segment that we're focused on. We think like those other tools that you mentioned are like a great starting point for a lot of businesses. And, and even for us, like we're not for all of those customers, but we really focus on the folks who are going to put the time and in, in the sort of, the, the money behind really investing in content and really focusing on building that inbound, that inbound lead gen system. So who's your sort of customer? Like, um, and I'm sure it varies. Like, so for me, uh, I'm a sales performance coach. And so, uh, I need, you know, I want to reach out and get people in the sales industry interested. I want to create content that's intriguing to them. Um, and then, Ultimately, I want them to come to my website and I want them to sign up for some free coaching and then I can take it from there. Uh, is that what you, you know, I know you, I've listened to your podcast and there's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm micro and maybe if there was a smaller thing than micro, I would be. But then I know you guys have always talked about SMB. Do you serve all the above? So one of the interesting things about our space is this is in some ways a horizontal problem. It's more of like 
when I say horizontal problem, I mean people that are at the SMB struggle with the same things that companies like Atlassian, United Airlines, like they, they, they all have these same problems, which is non-technical teams are tasked with going and owning digital. Yep. Uh, and those teams don't necessarily have the, the technical background or the developer design resources in order to go and execute on these strategies. So we do look at it as a horizontal problem, but the customer that we really focus on today, we would say is like the marketer at a two to 20 company. So we're really still, uh, we are very much focused on, on the SMB mm-hmm. for us as a startup ourselves. Like that's a much easier entry point than going and selling to, you know, fortune 1000 companies and trying to take com from them. Right. That's a, that's a different strategy and something, you know, potentially for the long term. but we really focus on enabling those companies that are in the two to 20 range looking to do, you know, really aggressive SEO, content marketing, lead generation, direct response, uh, payments, bringing all that together under one platform. Got it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and then when you talk, I, I want to go back to the influ- influencer marketing because I mean, everyone now is like an influencer, right? And even me, I'm like, hey, I need to f- create content to be an influencer. What, what, what do you, in your opinion, what do people get right? Uh, and what are... What do people get wrong about that? And what would be some tips for people generally looking to create better content around being an influencer? Um, you're coming at it from an interesting perspective, I think. Yeah, I guess there's two sides, right? Like the best thing you can do is to get other people to tell your story in an authentic way. And that's why influencer became what it was because mm-hmm. me telling you that Unstack's great is one thing. Um, somebody else talking about their experience using it and how wonderful it is and how they recommend it to everyone. Like somebody just just before this wrote a medium article around why they switched from WordPress to Unstack and how they were skeptical and what the journey was and how they're so glad they did. And they never look back, right? Like I can never tell that story as objectively as that other person can. So just when you're thinking about influencer generally, like understand that that is the strength of that as a channel that you as a brand putting out your own content can never do that unless you bring the customer in and like collaboratively, create that content. Um, so I think, you know, thinking about ways to uh, customer testimonies or like make your customers the superhero of your content, like that's an effective way of being able to do, to tap into their roots of influencer, um, you know, without necessarily going out and, and paying a bunch of money to, uh, you know, influencers to, to push your product. Um, the other thing I would say is like, just generally, and I think this is becoming more, mainstream so it's not as much of a secret as it as it was a few years ago but for brands whether you're b2c or b2b you have to start thinking a little bit more like a media business uh and i think figuring out how to capture that attention in a world like instagram reels and tiktok and like there's just so much going on all the time like (laughs) how do you create a compelling specific message for a specific audience that really can key in and say, Oh yeah, like that's for me. And like, I want more of that. And I, and people I think are buying brand, like people in the world of data, like they don't talk about brand as much as they should, because the values that you have as a brand, like the company culture that you're putting out there, like people buy that, right. That's becoming a, it it always has been, but I think in in today's world too, like people want to be a part of something. And so like that's true for Unstack, you know, like we are very like founder centric, like, you know, uh, fighting for the underdog, like giving you the tools you need to compete, like building a community around that, like our community now like supports like Unstack customers are supporting other customers, and, like promoting each other. Like that's those kinds of things, you know, all, all tap into like the roots of influencer, which is create a really authentic message, 
um, tap into a, an audience that, you know, is really going to click with that and, and, and be real and, and be helpful and create value. Mm, wow. And then for you stepping back away from maybe some of the unstack stuff, let's talk a little bit about kind of you. I mean, how is this, this been obviously quite a ride with grapevine and now here at unstack. What, what do you think is like, if you were to look back at what you've done, what, what do you think some of the biggest struggles and how have you dealt with them? And, um, yeah, what's that look like for you? I mean, I'm sure this, everyone listening right now is like, this dude's awesome. You know, he's got, he's got this going on. I mean, what, what's kind of behind the scenes for you in terms of building this and how have you, how have you pushed through as an entrepreneur? Oh man. I mean, building, building anything is hard. Like, like, you know, I think there's the, the, the idea of like, you know, Hey, you know, I'm going to build this thing and I have, you know, I've talked to customers and like, but like the time that it takes to really realize anything interesting, like, real like if it's really worth it uh i think it's always longer than than you think it's going to be it's always harder than you think it's going to be and if you like go out and you, know, you listen to interviews other like really successful entrepreneurs you know i go out and I, you know i'm seeing like how are they you know what are other people saying where are they what are they building how do they do it and like there is a pattern of like hey it took us 10 years to become an overnight success and so i think a lot of times in our culture especially in the u.s culture it's like everybody's celebrating like these big events and you only see the wins and like people don't talk enough about the fact that like took 10 or hard years of you know, sacrifice and, you know, working, you know, working your ass off uh, in order to build that. So I think like patience, perseverance, like those are the, the things that I try to, to think about in terms of, you know, building grapevine, building uh, unstack, you know, any, anything else I do, right? Like, I think those are guiding principles of like staying in it to, to really see something to its, you know, to its full potential. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it does, man. You know, it's, it's so interesting. Uh, cause there's someone who's getting, get more getting started on some of this stuff. And it's the question I find I need to ask myself is like, what am I willing to commit to? Cause the more research you do in this stuff, and I agree, you need to create incredible content and you need to create all that stuff. But at the end of the day, something is just, you, you just got to be in the game longer than other people. I mean, assuming you're not releasing shit every day um, or whatever it is, but there's something big around. I mean, I'm, I'm reading the book right now, uh, Atomic Habits. I don't know if you've read that by James Clear. And it's just- I know of it, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it's it's scary how this stuff isn't that hard. It's just how willing are you to be consistent? And um, you're just another person to affirm that that's what it is. Right. I mean, it's, and it's not that simple, but that's a major part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's data backed. Like when we started out uh, at Grapevine, we did a pretty thorough research report, some like thought leadership. We went on and interviewed not 50, not 500, like 3,500 influencers. We did a massive, massive market survey and we were like, Hey, we want to understand how you did it. Cause like, it's just not clear, like who becomes big and who doesn't and why. And, and I will say there is an element of chance. Um, there's also an argument to be made that the people who are showing up every single day are creating chance. those opportunities. Yeah. They're kind of creating their luck a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. by being there to seize it when it happens for them. But the common denominator among all of it, there were some idiosyncrasies, like how long is the content, you know, like what audiences are more engaged. Like there was, there were some like, there were some things there, but like the number one most important takeaway of all of it was most of these people were, you know, nobodies that you'd ever heard of uh, for two to three years, publishing three to four times a week 
for three to four years, never missing a date. And then there was an inflection point where all of that created a groundswell for them and they really started to take off. And as they took off, they had obviously the energy and momentum of that to double down on it even more. But it was really the pain of, I mean, they, they did it because they loved it. They weren't necessarily doing it to get famous, uh, especially back then. Um, but like people, yeah, they would, it's two, three years of just creating content, telling your story and being out there and inter- engaging with people and building a community and like getting no results for a really long time <laughs> in order to then all of a sudden, again, right, be this overnight success. Um, and so like you see it in the data and, and in stories like, you know, the ones that we're sharing here. Yeah. What else? I'm curious. What else? Did, so that's really interesting. What else did you learn from that study that was kind of um, eye-opening? Or maybe if you're someone listening, that's like, hey, I want to be an influencer. What, what what did you find intriguing from that study? Uh, I mean, what I just shared is probably like the, the, the takeaway I retained mm-hmm. um, from that more than anything else. Uh, I, I also think that was in 2013. So things have changed. Sure. You know, there are a lot, there's a lot more content out there. Algorithms have evolved. So things have changed a little bit. Um, I think personally for today, a lot of people are way over indexed on social media. Like social media like in building those profiles, like those are just, those are, those are assets that you don't even own, right? They're, they're rent, they're leased essentially, because at the end of the day, you don't own them. Google, like Facebook change your rules on you at any time. They're a distribution source. Like they're a way for you to like get your message out there. But I think the biggest miss that brands and influencers and especially influencers had today is that they're way under invested in owned channels like their website like their email list, um, those things like they, you write the rules for it. You have control over that. And it's not that you take it with you. It builds your own brand. Um, so I think like to me, if I'm, if I'm starting out right now, like if I was going to go and say, Hey, I want to build like a, an educational brand around marketing or startups. Like I would really be thinking about those own channels, um, along. And then I would be looking at the, the, the social channels as a way of, distribution, engagement, pulling people into my own channels. They're, they're the, they're the hooks, the lures. Right. Um, but, but certainly they're just one piece of the bigger puzzle. Yeah. It's interesting. One of the guys that I've found really interesting, I was telling, uh, you know, I was saying that one of the reasons why I got into my season two of my podcast was because I wanted people to kind of get to know me more. Um, and because I ended up buying from him and it's because I got to know him through different channels. And so he posts a lot. He has like 700,000 followers and he posts a lot, like ask me a question, which is smart, right? Cause then you get to see what your audience is thinking and you create content around that. But oftentimes people ask him like, what would you do if, if Instagram was gone tomorrow? And his answer is consistent every time. He's like, well, I've been smart enough to build an email list of a couple hundred thousand people over the last however many years. So I just lean on that. And I think that's a really, and this goes back to uh, Caribbean Key 10 years ago, uh, collect emails, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, the, the other thing too, that I think all of this touches on is like the being human in, in, in your marketing and in the content that you're creating. Like, I think it's all like today we're, we're hiring someone right now for a marketing role at Unstack and like, thing that I was really interested in is like, can this person create almost like a one-to-one interaction at scale through the email copy that they write or the content that we're creating and putting out there? And like, it, it can't just be this sort of like, really like today, no, nobody cares about like these like really high fidelity, like beautiful ads. They want the person that's got like the iPhone 
right? Being like, hey guys, like check this out. Like we just published this report and you got to get in on it and it's free. Click the link below. Like that's what works today. People want to connect with people, especially in like the world that we don't see. Right? This is the most human interaction I've had today, right? Like hanging out with you on, on, on a Zoom. So, you know, I think the more you can like personify your content, your marketing, and like actually think a little bit like an influencer, even as a brand, right? Like I, I think it, it will go a long way and sort of, creating authentic connections between, you know, prospects and customers and, 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 and other, you know, peers in the, in the community that you're in. Yeah. You know what? That's brilliant. And it actually brings up something that really plays into my space. So there's, there's this interesting conundrum that I, I deal with personally and I see a lot of other people deal with as individual people, like people like us, right? Like, you know, like there's a lot of reasons why people like you. There's a lot of reasons why people like me. And then we go out into a sales call um, with a prospect or we go out into a environment where we're creating content in front of a video camera. And all of a sudden we need to be someone else to get people to like us. And it's almost, it becomes disingenuous in a way. And you start seeing people that, uh, and I've been guilty of this too, you know, they over prepare and they, and it really at the end of the day, the people that you like the most, are the people that's like, Hey, like you said, Hey man, like this is going on right now. Come check this out. This is fucking cool. Cause that's a real person, but somewhere along. And I guess, what is it in people that like we get lost? It, it, it's a broader, deeper, esoteric question. Like, how do we find our way? But that's all it is. Just be yourself. Yet it's so hard to be yourself, but yet that's what everyone wants. And that's what's ultimately going to sell you or your brand or your business. Yeah. I mean, I think authenticity, I think like to net it out, right? Like authenticity creates trust and trust is what leads to, you know, partnerships and doing business together or buying a product or not, you know, I, I, to me, like, that's how sort of I interpret what you're saying. Like, I'd rather, I'd rather that than like this, like, you know, filtered image that's yeah. like a character of a, you know, it's like, what is that? I don't I mean, just doesn't resonate. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. It, might, it probably works for other people. You know, I don't know, but just saying like, for me, that's how I, how I see it. Well, I, I just see so many of these videos. Um, and I was guilty of that it's like, Hey, so I'm going to give you three tips today to make yourself to become better at being yourself. And it's like, dude, you sound like a fucking dork, you know, and that's not you. And I'm sure if you were just you, I would really enjoy that. So um, maybe we beat a dead horse, but I think we, we can agree to agree on that one. Um, so I want to ask you what, again, going back to you, what do you think you've done as an individual that's really played into your success. And this can be like, I get up at five o'clock in the fucking morning every day and I do X, Y, and Z. I meditate, I do this. And I'm really interested in that. I think people are too, because I think people want to know how successful people tick. Uh, and more than just, yeah, I showed up every day. Um, what's really led to your success, do you think? Definitely not waking up at 5 a.m. <laughs> Going to bed at 5 a.m.? I'm not a.m.? morning person. I've got to get eight hours uh, or, you know, I'm, I'm sluggish. No, I mean, I think I, I think I touched on one that's just sort of like a core principle for me, which is just tenacity because things are hard. And, and it's like, I mean, I think one of the coolest quotes I just like, I think about a lot is from, from uh, the Martian with Matt Damon. We're at the, you know, he's gone through this heroic thing of like being stranded on Mars. If you haven't seen the movie, he gets stranded on Mars and that mm -hmm. spoiler alert, he doesn't <laughs> make it home. And in the end he uh, he's given this lecture, right. And he's like, he's like talking about going to space. And he's like, you know, you go to space and like inevitably like everything's going to go wrong. Okay. And, and then it's so, like, what do you do? 
And he's like, well, you roll up your sleeves and you solve the first problem. And then you move on to the next problem and the next. And if you solve enough problems, you get to come home. And that was like, I just thought that was such like an interesting thing that, you know, hits on so many levels, like personally and professionally, like things get hard and it's like, don't turn away, like lean in. So I think that's just a, a mindset that I, that I try to have, like expect that shit's going to be hard and like expect to lean into it. And, and that's how you get through things. You know, you can't, you can't run from your problems. Um, I think as a CEO, like the, the biggest thing I try to be, especially for, for me now at the company that I'm at, you know, we're a smaller company or probably about, coming up on about 15 people. Um, and in the early days, my co-founder and I, like it, you're, you're wearing all the hats, you know, I was developing product and building, you know, designs and talking to customers and trying to hire people and raise money. Um, now I think as we get along, like move along a little bit to the next stage, like I'm just, I spend a lot of my time thinking about like, how do I help other people do their best work? Like how do I clear the path for other people? Like how do I, you know, think about enabling others to do really well? Um, so I think for me, my belief is that starting to shift my mindset towards that will give me more success in the role that I'm in and trying to build this company and like trying to think bigger uh, about how you get the right people in and enable them to do things. Cause there's only so much I can do. Um, and I'm not good at everything, the opposite. Right. So, you know, uh, I think that's a, a big thing I'm trying to work through right now and, and think about to continue to learn and grow and be successful uh, in the roles that I'm in. Yeah. How do you approach self-development for that sort of stuff? What sort of content do you digest and that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's a good question. I mean, I think like I do a lot of reading. Um, it's a book that I really like right now called Forged in Crisis. It's a leadership book and it covers five different leaders and how they sort of got through super, super tough times. Um, the first the first one in there is a guy named Ernest Shackleton who was like stranded on Antarctica with his crew for like over a year and like how they, how he led in those cases. And then there's, there's all, all kind of Lincoln is a, is a big part of the book and just, just a crazy journey that Lincoln had. I, I never really knew that. Um, so I definitely recommend that book, but I think like trying to just constantly be a self learning, you know, absorbing information. Um, you know, I think like I don't have a coach, uh, but that is something that I, I think like, look at athletics and it's, and it's like all the, the great athletes have coaches. Um, so that's something, something that like I've started to explore. Uh, I also think like watch film, you know, it's not just for the, for the athletes. Like I, I did a podcast the other day and um, recognize the fact that like I raised our entire last round through zoom meetings and a number of those were recorded. So it was a rare opportunity I hadn't had previously to go back and like watch film and be like, Oh wow. Like, I was not prepared for that question. Like I better get a really damn good answer to that the next time somebody asks um, or like, Oh, my body language was off. Right. Like I think those are just the kinds of things like just, if you look for them, it's, it's a mindful, it's an attitude, right? Like how am I, how am I trying to, if you're actively trying to think about where you can be better like, you'll start seeing, I, I think, you know, at least for me, you start seeing opportunities where you can grab some of that knowledge. Yeah. Um, and when you do get off track, whether that's in life or in business or whatever it is, and you're just feeling shitty. And I know, you know, part of your answer is going to be, it's like being stranded on Mars, right? You just, you do one thing, you just suck it up, you keep persevering. But, but what do you do beneath, you know, we don't need to go into like crazy, like personal stuff, but just like, do you have, what do you do to get yourself, get your mind right, stay focused and bring yourself back on track when you start to lose it? Cause I mean, at the end of the day, you're a person, right? 
I mean, sometimes you have to step away from a problem to start, yeah. right? Like, you can't, you can't just constantly be like, oh, I'm just going to, like, bust through this wall and, like, solve all these problems, right? Like, sometimes you got to, like, take a step back and get your head right and just be like, okay, you know, like, I need to cool off, you know, um, before I before I dive in. I also think, like, surrounding yourself with people that have your best interests in mind is, like, key. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Network, yeah. Um, I mean, I have, I, I have a, you know. I have an incredible wife, like super smart. Uh, you know, I'm lucky I have somebody like that I can bounce ideas off of. I have a great co-founder in, in my business and people on our board that, um, you know, have great experience. I can lean on, on, on the business side when things get, get challenging. So I do think it's like, you know, there's, there's like the, the fundamental stuff, like sleep, nutrition, like fitness, like that, that all has like a real impact on us. Yeah, and then I think there's the, there's like the qualitative side of, of, you know, you are kind of the average of the people you spend the five people you spend the most time with. And so like pick those people really carefully and make sure like you can help them and they can help you and don't try to do it alone all the time. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, all right. Well, I know we scheduled 30 here, so I got one more for you though. What's your, uh, what's your favorite spot to hang out in, in Boston, man? Oh man. Good question. Now you're making me nostalgic. Yeah, well, it's been a year yeah, since yeah, I yeah, the COVID. So a lot of my listeners are Boston people, so they'll they'll be very familiar. But you're right. Uh, I mean, TD Garden, Celtics games have to be at the top of the list, which I can't wait to get back to that. Um, what are some other good spots I like in Boston? I love hanging out in the North End, getting some good good dinner, Italian food. Oh boy, get a nice Negroni. Yeah, Go hang out in the North End, Rico. That's the uh, that's one of the greatest places on earth. I mean, my wife's from um, Scotland, and she's been. You know, it's just we're for her, we brought some of her family there, and it's just there's no it, it's something else. I mean, it's it's uh, the food's great. The uh, espresso martinis are second to none, and um, it's just a cool, <laughs> cool, cool walkable space, isn't it? Yeah, you know what? The best thing to do is you go to north, go to the north end. You get an espresso martini, have a good Italian dinner. Make sure you get the espresso martini so you can stay awake. Then you go to the Celtics game. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, it's a good uh, it's a good combo, man. Well, hey, look, thanks for joining. Well, next time you're up in Boston, and that's what we'll do.